All right, welcome back into another edition of the damn podcast. Brandon's break, 1080 The Fan, Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com. Back with you with another episode. I know we've been a little hit and miss with this since the season got over, but uh, we're recording this on the 19th of December, and tomorrow is the start of the early signing period, which goes until the 22nd. And uh, we also have some staff announcements to discuss today. So how you doing, Angie? I'm good. It's it's been a little crazy with this second signing period. It's it's like a, a February, so my poor family is having to uh, forage for food around the house for dinner time. Do you like it? Do you like the, the signing period? I mean, I know you mentioned it, it kind of takes away from the family a little bit with your job, but do, do you think it's a good thing for college football? You know, I, I, I did earlier. I, with all the college coaching changes, though, that are happening, I think, more and more every year, I don't know. I, I'm still the jury's still out on it. I think it's good for the kids that want to sign and get this over with. But I also can see this, and I, I can't wait to hear more from these kids. If any of them felt not not Oregon State, but just in general, uh, of the feeling of if any of them felt pressure to sign and then had coaches leave later, um, just kind of see where that shakes out. I kind of find it odd to watch some of these coaches that a lot of people report are gone and they, can, they can't they can go till a certain point and yet they still recruit for the school that they're no longer going to uh, uh, coach with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hard situation. I mean, the head coach wants these guys to stick around because they're good recruiters or whatever, and they always tell the kids you're committing to the school, not the coach. However, I mean, if I was a parent and my kid loved, you know, Brandon Sprague, the DB coach at uh-huh. wherever, um, and then – and Brandon Sprague knew he was leaving, that would piss me off. <laughs> yeah, that that would, uh, I think that would bring up some anger as well. Um, but we have the new signing period, and it's it starts tomorrow. It's going to be chaotic for you. I'm sure Beaver Blitz is going to be crazy busy all day, so I would advise people that follow Angie's work, and maybe you're not a member yet, maybe you're thinking about it, tomorrow is the day to test it out and to sign up and to try to follow the craziness that is a signing period. It may not be quite what February's is, but um, it's still going to be interesting to follow what Oregon State is because here's the reason. They have announced more staff hires. Um, I believe you were on our, my radio show earlier today. I believe you said they only have two positions left to fill, but right now we know the OC and Brian Lindgren, and we know the DC and Tim Tibisar, who is coming from Wisconsin. What do we make of the two coordinator hires? You know, I, I like that Jonathan went with guys with experience that in, in Power 5 conferences. You know, with, with Lindgren, I, I haven't heard a ton. Um, I've reached out to my, my connections in Colorado, and, you know, they say he's a good guy, um, not a great quarterback coach, or good quarterback coach. I wouldn't necessarily say great. Um, the recruiting is what I wonder about, just, you know, from, from – Colorado's fans and writers' perspective. Tibistar, on the other hand, is exciting. I, I, if I'm a Beaver fan, I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, wealth of information, and I mean, he has a four-point economics in college while playing football. So um, smart guy. He has an MBA as well. And by all accounts, my, my connections there in Wisconsin said he's a great recruiter, okay. um, great mind. He, he's been in the NFL. He's been all over college football. Um, I think that's a and what I think Jonathan is doing is really putting together a staff of cerebral, cerebral guys that you know are really going to um, you know be innovators, planners, of, and taking advantage of the talent they have on the roster. Um, you know, we didn't do damn pod uh, damn questions this week for the podcast, but I had a we have a listener named Rich. He's a really great guy. He listens to the podcast and he listens to my radio show, 
and he caught our interview. And I, I just want to read this real quick because I think it plays off to what you just said. He tweeted both of us earlier, my wonder with these assistant hires is Smith realizing he can't get top recruits to come to Corvallis, so he lets uh, he goes and gets guys that are great coaches who can maximize potential of players they can get opposed to guys that are top recruiters. And and not to say that that takes away from what you just mentioned with Tibisar, but what do you what what, is, what do you make of that kind of thought from a listener? Yeah, I, I, I agree. And not that they can't get top recruits because January is going to get crazy, and there's some they're still in very much in play with some very top tier recruits. But um, I do I, I see this being less flash and a little more sizzle um, in that. And I totally probably got that quote wrong, but um, this is a, <laughs> a staff that you look at and think that they're all shiny and flashy and mm-hmm. blingy. Um, this is a staff, though, that I, I think are going to be sincere, and they're going to really work together to come up with the best plan um, as far as, like, how to utilize the guys they have. I, I don't see this being a staff that's going to be trying to shove round pegs in, in square holes. This is, you know, I, I know that was one of the things with, with Petrus is Iowa got in his head and started talking about, um, you know, Lindgren being a, a spread option kind of offensive guy. And I know that made him think. He's a pro-style quarterback. So, um, and from what I've heard, you know, Lindgren's the type of guy that's going to come up with his offense that best matches the personnel he has. So I see this being, you know, a, a group that can work cohesively, and that's, Oregon State needs that after what we've heard has happened the past couple years. They need a cohesive staff that can work together and uh, really, you know, get these. And it looks like they have been getting guys to buy in, especially on the recruiting trail. Now, let me ask you this. In regards to the Petrus thing, um, you know, Spencer Petrus, the four-star commit, it felt like to me, and I was an outside observer compared to somebody like yourself, it felt like he was a kid that was way more committed to the university. I know he committed to the, the the former coaching staff, but even after everything kind of fell apart, it felt like he was still going to stay with Oregon State. You had mentioned on this podcast, I want to say it was three weeks ago, to be exact, that you'd kind of lost some contact with him. He wasn't responding, which is never a great sign. But I'm just curious, um, and I'll throw the name out there, and look, if you have differing information or you feel that that's not entirely accurate, I think that's A-OK. That's the beauty of media. Kerry Eggers had kind of suggested that Oregon State did a sit-down dinner with him, uh, Jonathan Smith, I would presume a Mike Riley, just to having a quarterback-minded type individual, had a dinner with the kid. Two days later, he flips and he goes to Iowa. And I think some people had seen that and immediately go, oh, no. Four-star kid, committed to the university. The current regime steps in, tries to convince him to stay. He flips. What, what do you make of just kind of that feel from, from people out there? Um, yeah, I mean, people don't know all the, all the inside stuff. I mean, Kerry Akers also had an article that he was 100% solid with Oregon State, mm-hmm. and, then, and then Petrus flips. So, um, yeah, I thought things were going a little sideways there, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, Things happen, though, right? I yeah. Mean, those coaches, all coaches are on the phone nonstop and in these kids' ear. They're in their parents' ears. They are in trainers, football or high school coaches, all of it, right? So um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And, you know, I, I, and, and I'll say, you know, I know one recruiting service had Petrus as a four-star uh, 24-7 and, and and Scout had him as a three. Uh-huh. So I, I don't quite think it's as gloom and doom as, as – 
some Beaver fans want to make it. I, I reached out to a couple of our national analysts who had seen him play multiple times, and I'm not trying to downplay this at all, but, yeah. um, you know, just, it, it, you know, it happened, and I just don't think Beaver fans need to be so doom and gloom about it, but... You know, that happens, right? I mean, they could have very well been in home and sat down with them, and, and then you just never know what that other school is telling people close to him. Yeah, yeah, so they lose Spencer Petrus, but um, let's get to some of the other staff hires here. Now, I have been one to be known from time to time that butchers names. So I will, I, I'll start with the defensive line coach, uh, Leggy. Sua Noah is my shot in the dark at how to say his last name. He comes from Hawaii. What do we know about him? He's a great defensive line uh, evaluator and coach, from what I've been told. Has um, connections to Coach Smith from when they were in Montana together. He was um, Coach Smith was off- offensive coordinator in Montana when he was the D-line coach there. I've spoken to several high school coaches here in Oregon who actually remember him when he was at Portland State and said, again, great guy. In 09, um, yeah. So great, uh, you know, communicator. He's from Oceanside, California, originally. So that gives you um, some ins, possibly down in Southern Cal. He's works in the Northwest, and then you know he also came up through the JUCO ranks. He played and coached at Palomar College, which is one of the the best JUCOs down in Southern California as far as putting out talent. So I like that from that side of things, and you know him and Coach Henson, who both are coming from Hawaii, have both have been regarded as two of their top recruiters. So um, recruiting to Hawaii is not easy. So if you can recruit to Hawaii, I know it sounds like it's a dream, but, you know, these kids start looking at having to make travel to the mainland several times in a fall, and you're looking at at least five to six hours um, every trip to and from. So um, good recruiters there, and uh, it'll. You know, I think that's a, a solid hire. Okay, and then wide receivers coach is Kafense Hinson. I hope I said his name properly. Um, I've actually I've heard some good things, and some people thinking this might be a sneaky good recruiting hire, not only to help their wide receiver group, but a guy that can come in, maybe doesn't get as much uh, accolades as a guy can recruit, but comes in and, and kind of establishes himself decently. What do we What do we know about him? You know, it's interesting because I've heard mixed things on this. Um, reaching out to people, um, I've heard some. From a wide receiving standpoint, um, I've heard both. I've heard good coach. I've heard okay coach. Uh-huh. But I've heard from too many people down in the Bay Area. He's an Oakland native, played at Willamette University down in Salem, but from Oakland and has big, big ties in that Bay Area, which has been, thanks to Coach Baldwin with the last staff, has really opened up a big pipeline for Oregon State. Um, friends with the TMP elite coach, one of the seven-on-seven teams down in the area, uh, could be very, very helpful for the Beavers as they look to close in on four-star receiver Isaiah um, Crocker. Mm-hmm. Well, look, uh, I think we we kind of addressed that before they made hires, right? Like I had sat here and said, if you give me a guy whose group is a little inconsistent from time to time, I can live with that if I know he's going to recruit. Now, obviously, I don't want them to be drastically inconsistent, but if you have a, a game here or there where the group is not quite as solid, I can live with that if the guy can recruit. So if if maybe that's the thing... We end up getting, I hope not, I hope we get a great coach, great recruiter, obviously, but if that's what you end up getting, I'm okay. If it means he recruits the Bay Area and California really well, uh, we've seen in the past, and what Oregon State does and succeeds is because they go and get the right kids from the state of California. Um, This one, not a surprise, feel like it took a little bit. 
Uh, and the announcement kind of came, I think, a few few days or so after he had actually gotten the gig. But uh, coaching linebackers is former Beaver and former Beaver coach. He is back yet again. Trent Bray, who comes from Nebraska, who followed Mike Riley from OSU. Some had rumored, including yourself, when we talked about this, maybe he could be a D.C. Uh, they gave the D.C. to uh, Tibisar, and Trent Bray comes back, and he's linebackers coach. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Coach or Trent Bray is that he is, like, married to football. He is a student of the game. He will watch film all weekend long if need be. So I, I love that hire from that standpoint. I, and, again, another Power 5 guy coming from a Power 5 conference school. He knows the type of athletes he wants. He knows what it's going to take to be successful at Oregon State. And, you know, I look at some of those linebackers now, um, Jonathan Willis, Trent, uh, Bright Aguebu. Those guys have got to be thrilled that the coach that recruited them is coming back. Yeah. So Trent Bray coming back, and then we mentioned uh, Tibisar as the D coordinator, um, amongst the other ones that we already know, the Rileys of the world. What do we make? We know they need a DB's coach and a running backs coach. What do we make of the staff uh, just as a whole? Is there any surprises for you? I guess I already asked you that question. Is there any surprises for you, though? Not really. I mean, I, I think Beaver fans in general were hoping for some splashier names. You know, they wanted to hear the, you know, home run hires. Um, you know, this is, it's a tough job. And, and I think what, what Smith has done is really gone out there and looked for guys that fit what he wants to do and, and get those guys that are going to, I, I think, what does he use? The low, low ego, high output guys. He mm-hmm. wants guys that are going to come in and work, which on the recruiting trail, and we'll, we'll jump into some of these, the commits here that we'll be signing tomorrow. The thing that I heard over and over from those guys is just how sincere and the vision that Smith has, that it's crystal clear what he wants to do and how he plans to accomplish it. In the, pr- in the press conference, Angie, we had Scott Barnes say that any resources Smith needs will be at his disposal. You know, basically saying if he needs to go spend some money we haven't seen before here at OSU to go get a guy, we will do that. Does it feel like Jonathan Smith went and tried to do that? No. Okay. I, I mean, I, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that. Um, well, but, administration to I, really kind of go all in. Okay. Well, here. Okay. Actually, you know what? Before we get to the kids and kind of predictions and thoughts from you, because you're you're tapped into this, you know what kids are probably going to sign tomorrow. You're as dialed in as anybody, I think, covering Oregon State. Um, before we get to that, I kind of want to go off that then. Okay. So, do you think that's more Smith's doing, or do you think it's the administration maybe saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to cut that kind of check. Go get a guy in this price range." You know. And I'm I feel sure. I feel bad saying this too. By no, the way, let me preface this and just say I really do. I, I think in this sports media landscape where people have all these opinions and people want to just proclaim things before knowing a damn thing, just to hope to be right. Let me just say in the very uh, start of this, I have no real opinion of the staff because I've never seen them coach and recruit for this program. This is a two-year waiting window for me, where let's wait for two years of recruiting. Let's see where they're at on the field and how we feel going into maybe a year three before we have an opinion. So before all that, let me just say that about the current staff. Back to the question, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that completely. And I, I'm going off of a lot of the discussion going on in Beaver Blitz as well and in that, you know, a lot of people are upset or disappointed. You know, we're seeing Oregon State get coaches from, you know, Mountain West schools. and But... I, I, it just doesn't feel there, there hasn't been, aside from Mahalchek, the O-line uh, run game coordinator, mm-hmm. and I, I would actually put Tibisar in there, as, as, but home run hire, 
I see those two. The other guys, I'm a little wait and see. I mean, Lindgren was, by my account that I had heard, was about to lose his job at Colorado. So he was on the market, and uh, Trent Bray was on the market. So um, you're going after guys that have lost their jobs for whatever reason, um, and then you go out and get a couple guys at Hawaii, which is not the best job out there. No. um, it, it is a wait and see for me as well. I I want to see though Scott Barnes and Ed Ray come out and and say, hey, we are re you know because they came out and said, well, there's more money for the assistant pool. But when you really looked at that, there's more money for the assistant pool over Gary Anderson because they're paying Jonathan Smith less. Yeah, they yeah, didn't put more true. money into it. They you know did a little shell game and said, well, we're paying. So um, I'm waiting to see them come out and say, yeah, we are. We're we're all in on this. We're not allocating seventeen or eighteen percent of the budget to football. We're going twenty five to to thirty percent. So if, if 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 Smith would have found, and maybe he did, and maybe it didn't work, but let, let's say hypothetically, um, and, and let's say he found his coordinator, whatever side of the ball, that guy was going to cost eight fifty. Do you, you think Oregon State says no? That's too high. No, I don't. I mean, they did this. They did that with with Kalani. Kalani came in at eight hundred. So um, I think for the right guy, they would have done that. Okay. But um, so what makes it, what makes you feel like the, the they still haven't really lived up to their end in, in terms of this? Because we've been talking about this for a couple we months have. now. Yeah, and and you know honestly, until we see what these guys are making, it's really hard to even say, right? But nobody on this staff is making no you know, Kalani Sataki money. We we no. can kind of get a feel of that. You're not a linebacker coach who's. Never been a coordinator on the on the on the Power Five level. He could be a great coordinator long term. He's not going to come in making that. We know Lindgren no. was not going to probably be back with Colorado. He's not coming from Colorado to here and making that. So I think we know without looking at the salaries, we don't have that eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred thousand a year uh, assistant. And it'll be interesting too because this is, I mean, Oregon State now and Oregon are doing things so completely different. Yes, they are. And it will be interesting to see who has more success. You know, Oregon Oregon opened the checkbook, and I mean, sure, one point seven for Levitt. Guy's good, but I don't know if he's that good. That's second highest coordinator money, uh, defensive wise, in the country, just behind Dave Aranda at LSU and tied with Brent Venables at Clemson. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and I and I look, they're giving all the staff that are staying big giant raises. I'm sorry. What I saw at the Vegas Bowl. Oh, that was if I'm, bad. If I'm if I'm Oregon fan, I'm a little panicked right now that the administration basically you know, went to the whims of the 17 and 18 year old recruits. Who well, yeah, they bow down to the recruiting class. They bow down to the players wishes. I'm not saying, yeah. you know, my thing on that too. And I know this is the damn podcast, but, um, I can't really have a, a, a firm judgment on him as a head coach. Like let's see him like for a season, but God, first impressions, that one was not a great one. That was about as ugly <laughs> as you could possibly imagine. So then you, in that but scenario. You, you, you know, now you can, we'll be able to sit back and watch how Oregon state's doing it. How how Smith is building this, you know, and and we will never know. It's taken quite a while to build this staff, you know. Part of me kind of does want to know. It's been really really quiet. Usually you hear some little things about so and so being offered a job and turning it down. Yeah, I did. You know, we had heard that Anoki um, was being spoken with Brechterfield um, Brechterfield at Wisconsin. Um, I know Anoki won at the DC title, however. Um, but his wife and family is entrenched in, in Madison. His son was admitted to the Wisconsin Business School. So um, I think for him it was bad timing, and his wife loves loves Madison. And honestly, I don't know if I 
would want him as a DC. He's never been a DC. So I think Oregon State actually came out better with that one with Tibisar. Do you think there's a chance here? Um, is there a chance? Because you mentioned no whispers, right? And and no out front big time hires. Is there a chance here though that maybe maybe Smith wasn't or isn't as quite connected as we'd hoped coming into this thing? Yeah, I mean that's. I mean he's he spent his whole career in the Northwest. He's been at Idaho, Montana, Boise, and Washington. Yeah. So he's worked with some great people, and he has some great lineages with you know Peterson and and uh, Riley, and I mean he's worked with Flugrad and some others. But um, yeah, I do think that uh, you know he maybe. I mean, he's starting out too, and he really that's that's something to remember is he could have gone out and went and got young, crazy, great recruiters that don't have a lot of coaching experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, as your first head coaching gig, I I like what he's doing. Getting himself with some guys that have experience at this level yeah. to help, you know, help build this thing. To develop. It goes back to the original point. It, yeah, it to goes back to the, the talent. Going, so, you know, Oregon's going all in on recruiting. Yeah. And Oregon State's going the other way and, you know, developing. Getting the two three-star kids and saying, we can turn them into four five. Yes. Basically, what Riley did. What Riley did, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's um, that's an it's interesting intriguing. one. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, uh, I just full disclosure. This is going to be the last pod until uh, mid January um, for us. I'm going on vacation, and then you know, Angie, Angie needs to take a break from this after the early signing period. So we're going to take go silent. We go yes. that period now until January 11th gonna, on Friday night. It, it starts. There you go. So we'll go dark until around that time. So full disclosure on that. I know we've been inconsistent with it, but. We warned you guys about this anyway. Um, okay, so there's the staff hires. Maybe maybe that helped you. Maybe you're still walking away thinking, ugh, yeah, but there's still not guys that get me that jacked. That's fine. But again, I think my original point, and you know, I know Angie, you said you kind of feel the same way. Is let's let's just calm down. Let's let's give this staff time. Um, the last staff to me, once Kalani left and they lost some people, you know, once that happened. That last staff didn't really excite me either, and I gave them time, and they proved that it it didn't work. The head coach was a nutcase, and it didn't work. But let's let's give it time before we have this judgment that it's not going to succeed, that they can't develop, or that it's not going to work. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's get to the kids uh, because tomorrow's the early signing period. How many players do we know or do we think are going to sign early tomorrow? We've got 11, 11 tomorrow um, with the potential of one more in Halid Jabril, who will be announcing his decision between Washington State and Oregon State tomorrow. He's the linebacker, right? Yes, at yeah. a cathedral. I, was so I like Oregon Blitz. State here. So he committed to Oregon State originally when he first got the offer. You know, he's friends with Jeffrey Manning, Eric Flemings, um, who are currently freshmen on the team. He uh, commits then all of a sudden USC offers and a couple other big schools offer. He backs off his commitment. Then, uh, you know, it really didn't even look like he was going to visit Oregon State and pulled a last-minute visit this past weekend down to Oregon State and Washington State. And like I said, with his connections, he's, you know, also friends with Isaiah Smalls, part of this class, and some of the other L.A. type, uh, the L.A. guys. I think Oregon State will be surprised tomorrow. And he is a... A three-star linebacker. Three-star, okay. I just wanted to make sure about that. Okay, so they get a surprise there. What's, um... Look, it's a damn podcast. Let's go down the list. Let's okay. So we have him as maybe a surprise. Let's go down to the for sure's for you. For sure's okay. Well, I'm gonna. I have my list pulled up at the eleven. Okay. Um, we are gonna go Jake Ducart, quarterback out of Lake Oswego. 
Okay, now I, I admittedly do not follow much Oregon high school football. What do we know about him? Pro style guy. He really played. He plays baseball and uh, football for Lake Oswego. Steve Corey, um, former Beaver, is the coach there. You know, he was originally uh, committed to Arizona State to play baseball. Came in. Um, coach Anderson loved him. He was an Anderson pick for quarterback. Although he wanted to play both sports at Oregon State. So uh, fast forward. You know, he there's no way you can play baseball and football or baseball and quarterback. So, um, you know, Coach Riley was recruiting him as well at Nebraska. He is staying with Oregon State and will play football only. So okay. he's coming in as a quarterback. Okay. Um, Isaac Hodgins, and uh, you, everybody knows his brother, Isaiah Hodgins, yep. freshman wide receiver. Isaac is a D-tackle. So, um, you know, 6'1", 285, three-star D-tackle. So he is actually, the fun part about him is that he is enrolling in January. He will be in Corvallis in like two weeks. Now, that'd be nice to get him on campus early. Get him in the weight room. Joining him in December or January will be Isaiah Smalls. I mentioned him a few minutes ago. Tight He's end. been big on recruiting. Yeah. Oh, he is amazing and a great kid. Um, I love talking with him. Um, always has, you know, always positive. And, you know, all these guys, it, you know, Beaver fans need to remember, we're committed to Anderson and their staff. And they all have come out and really said just how genuine and um, how much they like Jonathan Smith and his staff. So Smalls is 100% in and will be joining. He's graduating early and will be here in January. Uh, moving down, offensive line. I know, damn podcast listeners and Beaver Blitz members and your callers, listeners, talk O-line all the time. Yeah, O-line is where it's at. So Jake Levengood will be expecting to sign tomorrow, 6'4", 260, a guard out of Vacaville, California. Um, another early enrollee out of the Bay Area, Deshaun Wilson, um, at a stellar prep, a cornerback, 6'1", 180. Um, he was a really early commit and made his visit, first visit to campus actually just two weeks ago. Loved everything about it. So um, there's three guys that will be here in January. Nice. That's uh, pretty exciting stuff to get those kids on campus so early. Yeah, and he, he needs to add a little weight, too, so that'll be good to get him in. Um, and then a couple local guys um, that got offered late um, coach, under Coach Hall was South, Beaverton Southridge, Bradley Bickler. Uh, this is a kid, I, I talked to some guys that, I mean, played football, and he's 6'7", 240, listed as a defensive end. But the kid can play tight end as well. Very athletic, reminds me a little bit of Joe Robinette. If you remember him coming out of high school, thin, but um, can definitely put on weight, has the frame to do so. Mm -hmm. So um, Bickler's a local guy. Um, he's a three-star out of Beaverton. Um, Isaiah Tufaga was a, is a safety out of Hawaii, and one of the top at St. Louis High School, won the state championship this year. He, I, I just finished his uh, preview, his get-to-know-you piece that we run, and um, he is so excited to be a Beaver. Several friends on the team. He's already six feet, 199, so... Um, big time, ranked number eight in the state of Hawaii as nice. far as overall athletes. Okay. Um, gosh, I feel like I'm just running down these guys. No, you know what? I, I, I'm glad that we're doing that, though, because, you know, again, I, I how many people are not on Blitz right now, and this is like, oh, crap, you're just giving me all this information. This is a reason. And then, two, uh, it's tomorrow. Like It starts tomorrow. tomorrow. It goes for two yeah. days. I, I think people like the breakdown in the names of these kids. Um, and I mentioned Cathedral High School, and that's um, – where Halid Jabril goes, Eric Flemings, Jeffrey Manning. Beavers have a commit from Craig Francois. KK is his nickname. Outside linebacker, 6'2", 210, three-star. Um, 
and again, this was a late addition with Coach Hall staff, and uh, Coach Smith liked what he saw in him, and they reoffered him, and he visited two weeks ago as well, and walked away, loved everything about Oregon State. Said he's always liked Oregon State, so um, you know, said it was a childhood team that he kind of followed. Which, when you think back now, these kids were like newborns. Fiesta Bowl time. Yeah, that's hey. oh, yeah, that is a <laughs> that's a holy <laughs> crap moment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm old. Um, another local guy, um, West Lynn, Keyshawn Dawkins, tight end, um, defensive end. He's 6'6", 240. So the two guys out of Oregon, these, I mean, two big guys, big frame. He's a three-star. Um, just a lot of upside with him. He's ranked by 24-7 as the number 15 prospect in the state. Um, a little under the radar, but, um, again, his frame is, is such that you could really add weight to him, potentially even make him an offensive lineman. Okay. I like to hear um, that. Couple more. Case Rogers, Lamar Houston, and if I had a dime for every time someone asked me, wasn't that the school that James and Quiz came from? And his name is Rogers. No D. It's just Rogers. R O G E R S. Okay. And Quiz and James went to Lamar Consolidated, and they are different. different ah, schools. I can see why people get that confused. Yeah. Though. Oh yeah. I mean, people. So he is an athlete, running back, wide receiver, return guy. Um, this is one of the Texas guys that stuck. Um, the other, Cam uh, Thomas, decommitted today, and Anthony Spurlock, another wide receiver out of Louisiana, decommitted the other day. Um, those two were just total Jason Phillips guys, and Jason Phillips is no longer on staff. They're you know, keeping options open, and honestly, I don't think the staff really fought too hard on those. So, okay. um, but Case is one of those guys that they like, they like his speed, um, great program at Lamar, and one of his teammates, Tashawn Henry, will be visiting in January. So, um, another like one of the top all-purpose backs in the country. So, um, maybe work a little package deal there. Yeah. Potentially. And the last one is total kind of it was an out of left field to some extent, but um, it happened quick. Jonathan Smith <clears throat> visited and offered Josiah. Irish out of Mount Si in Snoqualmie, Washington. And we and, got good news about him, didn't we? Yeah, or, he just he committed. He was on his visit this past weekend yeah. with Jabril. The two of them came down. Um, he committed on yesterday, and uh, he will be signing tomorrow. So the thing with, that stands out, I, I watched his film when he first got offered, and then I just watched it again. And, you know, we'll have all this on Blitz tomorrow, but watch his film because the kid is fast. Flat out fast, six foot one eighty two right now, um, but he plays bigger than that. And the speed, you just you can't you can't teach speed. So that's you know, in my opinion, one of the biggest things the Beavers missed this past season with their wide receivers is they had no one that could you know take the top off a of defense. Okay, so if they get eleven on the early signing, how many would they get for the February one? I, I say ten. Okay, so twenty one total kids. Well, if, or if they get Jabril, that'd be twenty-two. Okay, and they I mean, they most likely could take a full class. It it was, was wow. supposed okay. to be a small class. Yeah, but um, I mean, we've already seen Seth Collins has announced to leave. I I think we see a few others. So I think they uh, can actually take my my guesstimate is right there in that twenty-one to. 23 range. Quick, I hate putting you on the spot because we didn't talk about this pre-podcast. Uh, can you throw out any names you think might potentially be looking to bounce? As far or is as that just kind of your feel? <laughs> oh, 
just my feel. I okay. don't. I mean, I'd heard Seth Collins. You know, there were some rumors. I mean, I mean, there's rumors right now that that Ryan Nall's gone or going to be gone. There um, were early on that, on, that on the Nall thing. Uh, I heard I heard a little a little birdie in my ear told me some stuff about that. Um, I I don't think it's official. But I, a little birdie had told me there is a draft party being planned. Okay. I'll just okay. say that. Well, good. I mean, that good for him. Yeah. I mean, if so, that's so ultimately where he goes. Running backs have only so many carries. Exactly. Good for the kid. And I, I, if, he's in the, if he's in the NFL, uh, I'm all about that. I think that is just as important. I know it sounds crazy. I think that's almost just as important as having the kid actually play for your team. I, it's, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, that's, we, I, I, it's fun because we have a, <clears throat> a writer that covers the NFL for us. And all he does every week is give us a rundown of the NFL Beavers. And it's so fun to keep tabs of those guys and what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, I would just say on that front, a little birdie planning maybe a, a party for Ryan Nall, and maybe that's the way he's leaning. But, again, nothing official. I just wanted to yeah. pass that note along. And, and you know, like, there was rumors, <laughs> excuse me, that um, Bright Aguebu might be looking, but now I know for a fact he's staying. With Bray coming, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he decided when, when Smith came in that he was going to give it one more year. So, um yeah, I mean, there, there always, though, will be a guy, you know, a medical retirement or mm-hmm. a guy that doesn't make grades. I mean, there's there's that. So The Collins story, I, I really, I, I can't control it. I didn't like the way it ended. I He, he guys granted his release, and then the Moran story ran, and I was kind of just, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, weird timing, left. huh? Well, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know where you're going. Um, I No, I, it's more just the fact of, like, when I... Because I read that. I read it. I'm like, what? And it feels like it was kind of just not addressed or brought up by the university. And in and, and, and terms of that and the way that the climate is, I don't know if I like the university not saying a word about it. Yeah, I thought, I mean, that was a little odd. sneaky, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a little odd. Yeah. So, But I think you're right on the timing thing. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. Not a coincidence. Um, okay. So there's the early signing period class where do you think this is the way too early question? Where do you think ultimately they are going to finish in the conference, albeit late in the game for Jonathan Smith and this staff? I think they could finish tenth or twelfth in okay. the conference. So they or, could, I'm sorry, tenth or eleventh. So they could finish near I mean, they were probably gonna be there anyway. They're, yeah, they're twelfth right now. Yeah. Um but you know, Isaiah Crocker, Tayshawn Henry, I mean there's a lot of names out there of guys um that could really help this class as far as rankings go. What's so, what's the best they've ever been in the conference rankings that you know of? Gosh, I, was at, I want to say like oh four was one of the really good years, uh-huh. and where they were like finished thirty second, thirty fourth in the country, and probably what sixth Pac twelve. I mean, the Pac twelve is just so hard. I mean, you, SC is always toward the top. Well, UCLA is always toward the top. Yeah, SC's behind now though. Washington's one, Oregon's yeah, two. Yeah, Chip at UCLA seems like he is going to do some serious damage come February. Um, I, I mean, it's just a tough, it's a tough, um, you know, conference to recruit. So, um, you know, t- Oregon State typically, I mean, since I've been doing this 11 years, is in that, you know, 40, mid 40s to low 50s in the national rankings. Um, it's kind of historically where they've been right now, um, 87th national, 12, Pac-12. But um, it's not a full sample size. I think, I think 24-7, we still use 20. Yeah. Is, is what we base it on. So um, they're still light. 
but um, they're, they're. I mean, like I just think it's okay to be honest. They're built to be kind of near there. Yeah, I and, mean, and they're about development, and they are about how can you uh, outthink or work the other team's staff. I mean, this is a class of three stars. Um, Irish is a two, and that's using the um, composite ranking. So twenty four seven uses twenty four seven ESPN and Rivals. Okay. Rankings, so kind of a, a composite of that. So, yeah. all, you know, it's it's pretty typical of what an Oregon State class looks like. Uh-huh. I do think there there's at the end of the day in February, I, I do see one or two four stars in the mix. Okay. Well, you know, look, I, I again, maybe some people are a little down about that. Maybe they're down about some of the staff hires. I I, I would ask you about Keith Hayward. Um, it feels like to me, feels like he's kind of a done deal that he's staying at Oregon. Am I wrong in that interpretation? You know, I I know Oregon's made an offer to him. I also believe Taggart is in contact with him. Oh, Florida so, State um, is a hell of a gig. So yeah, I mean, I, I know with Keith is he wants to forward his career and that title means so much in this business, right? To get that DC or co DC job or title. So um, I know it's important for his family to stay in Oregon as well. So you know, I don't know what he's going to do ultimately. <sighs> well, Taggart hasn't found a DC yet. <laughs> Not that he would hire, he probably wouldn't hire Hayward for that because yeah I mean that's I mean this would be a, a first DC job but um, yeah. no I, it'll be interesting you know I that's the one I, I really thought would be not necessarily a, a DC but a co DC I could see at Oregon State but um, you think yeah, there's any chance that they change their mind on that or still no contact I mean God one five minute conversation that has happened um, with Hayward so. no contact with a former alum who wants to be there and knows how to recruit incredibly would probably be easily the best recruiter on their their staff oh easy easily easily so um like i said there was one five minute call a week or two ago but that is the only thing that i am privy to know well that's unfortunate news i think i think a lot of people were really hoping that um that his name would be a part of this whole thing um because he's a guy that's done pretty well for himself and I think has established a pretty good reputation. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, one of the top recruiters in the nation. So um, the pipelines there, it would have helped Oregon State a huge amount with Talanoa Hufanga riding Corvallis. Um, you, which, think, by the, you think if they would have got him, he could have somehow at this juncture flipped him into the conversation or no? Yeah, yeah, I do. Really? Um, I do think at the end of the day, right now, the latest I heard is UCLA or USC for Talanoa. Utah was in the mix at, at some level, but um, yeah, it looks like you know Chip's getting really involved in that too. God, dude, Chip Kelly has been a monster since he's he a there. monster. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna, you know, but UCLA always recruits well. It'll be inter- interesting to see if Chip can do what he did at Oregon. Well, I, you know, I actually don't have any doubts about the coaching, but the one thing we'd always heard is he just doesn't like recruiting. It feels like he realizes. Oh, so much fun I could have there. What do you mean? Oh, what's Chip Kelly not liking to recruit? He likes to write checks, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put some dead kids on a scouting report, huh? Um, no, but, I mean, that was kind of the thing, right? Like, oh, yeah, he's not going to go back to college. He doesn't want to recruit. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like because of what he's endured the last two years, a lot of humility has happened, and he realizes this is such a legit shot, and this is a big FU tour for him. It kind of feels like he has completely changed his feelings and thoughts on this, and he's going all in on recruiting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, well, and it's easy to recruit there. Well, I'm just seeing. I'm, I'm seeing pictures of him 
Whereas I felt like I only saw pictures when students came to the Oregon facility. And I feel like now all I'm seeing pictures of is him in the living room. Yep, exactly. You know, and, and you know this. It makes a world of difference. It really does. It does. Okay, well, hopefully tomorrow goes pretty well. It'd be nice to get um, get a surprise out there that you mentioned, and uh, hopefully this uh, this staff can put together enough talent to to maybe work and 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 build the program the way we want it to go. Do you have any thoughts? Um, since I can't think of any other more football questions for you, and we won't talk for about a month, do you have any thoughts on Oregon State men's basketball? You know, I've just, we've started watching them. I I think they've looked better. But gosh, they need to toughen up and they need to play, you know, the entire game. An any, entire game. I any, mean, it's, any hot seat conversation if they don't do well this year? Or do I you would th- think so. Do you think the I, university's not in that? I don't know. I think there I think that you have to have a little bit a conversation at least with either assistants or something. Well, and I do know this. He came pretty close to leaving already. Yeah. Yeah. So, to me that that was, and I like the guy a lot. I think he's a really good person, and I think I've seen a lot of evidence that he's he knows how to coach. That sign of him almost leaving to Stanford, that was kind of, to me, I still look at that and go, so you're not that committed here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind exactly. of feels like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to go somewhere else. But who knows? Maybe I'm reading that a little wrong, um, and maybe they can turn it around in the hoops court. The hoops so, court, I mean, the court. Yeah, the court. <laughs> Um, so, no, we'll be back in January, and we can talk some basketball, and we can, I mean, recruiting's going to get crazy. I guarantee it. Going to be going to be fun. Any predictions on who they pick for their their other two uh I Gosh, players? I don't. But I like to deal with, I, I mean, we do some rumors, but I haven't even, it's been so quiet. You, you wouldn't even every have. Every single person. You would have guessed maybe Bray, but I don't know. Would you have guessed anybody else? Well, I mean, we hired? had the Lodge. We had, on, on Sunday night, I have. That's the beauty of working for a big network like this. Um, you know, we have some pretty good. So I, I had heard Sunday night. So we had in the lot. Yeah, you broke the uh, um, Tebasar. Tebasar news. By the way, I love that another website got credit for that. It's like, give me a break. You tweeted well, that made, out. They made their, their story free, and my, I left mine for my subscribers because I figure, you know, if you pay the nine ninety five a month, you need to get something. Well, I would just simply say it felt like somebody fed them information and... <laughs> Hey, guess what we learned? No, you you, you learned it from your, somebody else, but whatever. <laughs> but no, it's good. It's good. Um, and then anybody that's looking, um, you know, Beaver Blitz right now, I mean, you can get a seven-day free trial. Give us a shot. Um, lots of fun stuff for tomorrow. I will be in Corvallis all day tomorrow. Um, we'll have our Q&As that we run. They're just fun get-to-know-you pieces that we run with each of the signees. And then Marcus Greaves, former player at Oregon State, is breaking down all the films. So we'll have really good in-depth scouting reports that we'll run starting next week. Um, Riley talks tomorrow. They're going to have this big thing on Facebook where every assistant talks and then Smith ends it. What are you going to ask him? Do you have questions lined up in your mind that you want to know from Mike Riley? No, not right off the top of my head. It's going to be a real informal thing for the media that are there. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, they're going to do their little Facebook live with John Warren and oh, um, that's Ron who it Callen. Is. Okay. Um, and then they said they'd make these guys available to pop into the media room to do some informal talks. So God, it's going to be so strange to see him I and know. just think, hey, what's it like to not be that coach here? I know. And please open up practices again for me. Yeah, do you think they do I, I that? I want to know. I, you know, one of the things, it's funny, the things you miss. So Coach Riley, when he was on staff, he didn't do 
those big like formal press conferences on Monday? No, he didn't. Instead, he did a, a Sunday night call. Yes, he did. Call. I remember those. And I was on those a couple times. Seriously, they were the best, right? I mean, yeah. it was just like the five or six of us or whatever, and it was just kind of this like kickback um, conversation with Coach Riley. You could ask things, and um, I missed that. Yeah, but I think more, uh, I think when he did that, and, and I was a part of that my first year at Comcast, I think when he did that, that was still, that kind of made sense, whereas even five, six years down the road now, having know. video and putting yeah. that content out matters for people. Yep. No, it's not going to fly, but I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I I, uh, I enjoyed those. Those were funny. Uh, okay. Well, is there anything else we didn't touch on? No, I think we're good. Okay. Um, should be a fun day. I, I just, yeah, like you said, Beaver Nation needs to just take a deep breath and let's give this a little time. Let's uh, let's be optimistic. I'm actually, I didn't mention this, I'm thinking about getting season tickets next year. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, the prices on them have dropped a little bit, so that helps me. Um, I wouldn't go to every game, but I don't know. There's kind of something about this. You know, maybe it doesn't work and (laughs) you're just, you're stuck in being Oregon State, but there's something about this I'm choosing to be very optimistic and hopeful about. So uh, I'm hoping that if I do make that decision... It may not pan out for year one, but I walk away after year one and go, I can't wait for year two. And then you get from year two and you go, God, I hope year three is when they make that jump. And it actually goes that way and opposed to your coach going crazy and then quitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then leaking all his text messages to the columnist. <laughs> That's so the one columnist that I probably wouldn't want to leak my, my emails to. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's neither here nor there. Okay, uh, good stuff, Angie. Thank you for breaking that down. I know that was a long time for you to talk basically by yourself, but I appreciate it. I know the listeners appreciate it. Uh, Check out beaverblitz.com tomorrow. It's going to be busy, busy, busy. We will be back. We're going to go on a little bit of a winter break, but we'll be back for the next signing day and get you going for that. Uh, Hopefully some big stuff happens in between uh, now and then. Thank you, everybody for listening to this podcast throughout this entire year. Uh, Angie and I could not be more appreciative. The numbers we've put up this year are far exceeding expectation and much more than we got last year. And I thought last year was pretty impressive. So thank you, everybody. Thanks for tweeting. Thanks for disagreeing. Thanks for chiming in. (coughs) Thanks for the questions. Thanks for dealing with our stupid opinions. (laughs) Listening to us talk sometimes about dumb things. Um, I genuinely hope everybody out there has a hot, a happy holiday season, whatever you celebrate. And I hope you guys all have a really safe and fantastic new year. And we'll be back with another edition of the damn podcast. I'm Brandon Sprague. That's Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com and 1080 The Fan. We'll see you in 2018.